Kim Schmidt, Executive Editor of Farm Equipment. Welcome to Farm Equipment's Used Equipment Remarketing Roadmaps Podcast. In this episode, hosts Casey Seymour and Aaron Fintel of Moving Iron LLC sit down with Kyle Schneider, Used Equipment Specialist at Stoats Equipment, to get his take on the current state of the used equipment market. If this is your first time listening, you can subscribe to this podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. Okay, let's jump in. Here's Casey and Aaron talking with Kyle on what's happening in the market from his perspective. His region has experienced a drought and had a rough winter, and Kyle says they have customers who are changing up their business practices. So this week, um, our boots on the ground segment, victim, I guess is the best way to put it. Victim. Victim, probably. Perfect. It's Kyle Schneider. Kyle is a good friend of mine. He is the... uh, what is your official title there at Stoats? Head peon. I don't yeah. know. It's uh, a, uh, yeah. I've got used that. Used equipment specialist, manager, whatever you want to yeah. call me. So yeah. He's a used equipment guy. Let's put it that way. Right and on. That's a good way. Yeah. So, so Kyle, I've known Kyle for a long time. Aaron's known Kyle for a long time. And uh, one, probably one of the sharpest guys out there when I started looking at what processes look like and what you know what's going on out there and all those kind of things. So, Kyle, uh, thanks for agreeing to, to be on the uh, podcast here, man. No problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Yep. All right, Kyle, so let's start off here. Let's just kind of talk about your synopsis, what you see happening right now. Aaron, it's crazy time. I mean, we got a million different things going on. We've got high, high, high equipment prices. We've got high commodity prices. We've got all these different things going on. Kyle, when you're seeing all this stuff happening, I'm sure you've got more equipment, used equipment you know what to do with on your lot, and you got sales guys that are just like, oh, stop with all the used equipment already. Is that pretty close to accurate with what's going on at your place? You know, actually, I'd probably say it's the opposite. Oh, you got damn, guys saying okay. you don't have enough used equipment. You <laughs> yeah, know, we're well, same, I look at the same way. It's still too high for me. Yeah. That's like, I'd love to be down to $10 million in inventory, which we mm-hmm. all know that's never going to happen. So, yeah, right. Uh, you know, the market is just like anybody else. You know, it's just a crazy market out there right now with commodity prices the way they are. You know, I doubt they're going to go down anytime soon. You know, I saw some stuff from Robo Bank the other day, talked about corn pricing for Bushel. Yeah. And I thought, holy crap, you know, they were expecting yeah. prices going to stay where they're at, if not growing, if I remember correctly, for the year or so. Yeah. So, guys made good money last year. They're going to make good money this year, whether it's, you know, the farmer, rancher, the dairyman, you know, prices across the board are up. Demand is high. Inventory sucks. Right. You know, it's just it's it tough. What, what you do have is not what they want. And just, well, that's the, that's the way it is, always is. You never have yeah. the right machine. You know, the big thing that we're seeing now is just moisture. I mean, yeah. we were in a drought and we did not have a very good winter. We've had guys that are, you know, changing practices up. I, well, I shouldn't say practices. They're just changing the, the, their business model of what they're planning this year. Um, you know, we've got guys in Idaho who are decreasing the acreage of potatoes and putting more wheat and barley in just because, you know, potatoes are such a huge uh, water. Stock. Right. I mm-hmm. don't even know how you want to call it, but. A sponge. You know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A sponge. Yeah. Thanks, Aaron. You know, here in Utah, we've got guys that have, didn't even plant corn this year for silage just because, again, they don't have the water to really put it in. And so, you know, across the area with, with commodities being so high, inventory high, demand high, record profits being made, it's just kind of the trifecta of, holy crap, how are we going to work through this thing? Yeah. Yeah. And just trying to figure out how and, and what to do. I'm sure we'll come up with one way or the other, whether it's just running day by day. You know, there's no way we can come up with a long-term idea and say this is what we're going to do for 2022 and make it work till the end of the year it's going to be more of a you know week by week basis trying to figure out what we can do where we can get equipment and who we can't uh 
steal from basically just to manage our own needs. So, yep. So, so you brought up a good point there. You're, you're talking about dairy. And, and one of the things I want to talk about here is, is something that, I mean, in some places it's a curse word, but, uh, you know, there's there's a special place in my heart for the chopper. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, it's a far away, tucked off, you know, niche corner someplace yep. in my heart. That, that it's special there. place is on an RGN it's leaving the yard. <laughs> <laughs> that's the truth. Right, yeah, right true. there in the ballet of that RGN. Yeah, that's, that's a special place truth. in that's, my heart. That's, that's the truth. <laughs> but, but you, you brought up dairy, you know, and and dairy is a yeah. is a very much a driver of, of the of the self propelled forage harvester market, right? Um, Correct. Yeah. Class three milk is a is a direct um, correlation as to what you see happening in 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 the chopper market. So two things drive the chopper market. One is is the the price for class three milk and also a drought someplace, you know, if they get a corn crop going and all of a sudden there's a big drought that comes out, that's a big, a big driver of, of uh, choppers as well. But well, you got feed feedlots have an impact on that too, to a point. Well, yeah, to a point, but I mean, yeah, obviously they're, they're going to, they're it's, it, it's not a hundred percent direct like right. milk. Right. right. But right now you're looking at, at class three milk. Hovering, I mean, it's bouncing around between 23 and $25 hundred gallon, you know, I mean, you, you got, mm-hmm. you've got some really good pricing right now when you start looking at class three milk and what that looks like. And especially when you start looking at, at milk powder and start looking, I mean, then you really got a really good price there. So all those things kind of factor in, you see all these different things kind of moving around. We got a drought out in the Western corn belt. So, I mean, who knows what that's going to look like when corn season comes around, uh, harvest season comes around and all those things. But I mean, moving into the first phase of chopper season, you've got that that pickup season. You got that that haylage season coming in. Yeah, I guess as you look right now, Kyle, and you take a look at, at the grand spectrum of everything that we've got out there. What are you seeing right now in that chopper market, and what's that demand look like for you? I am starting to see the pickup. You know, it is that time of the season where guys are finally, you know, coming out of the woodworks and saying, "Okay, I need to start looking at my chopper. What what do you have? I want to trade in my old sixty nine fifty or eighty six hundred, whatever they have." Demand is starting to show up. You know, we've had a couple decent deals just go through recently. Right. Uh, some multi-units go out, which has been really nice. You know, out here in in our neck of the woods, the larger chopper is is king. You know, that, that right. 9,900, that 8,800, you know, yep. that wide mouth, that unit is what is what we need and, and go through on a daily basis. It's getting, you know, even with the milk prices coming up, we deal with a lot of owner operators out here. We don't have a lot of custom cutters. Right. Um, you know, I only really think of a hand few that we have in our territory, but the demand is there. The problem is, is just the pricing. Right. How yeah. much you give on their trade, how much right. you're going to sell on that new one. We're dealing with price increases across the board. You know, granted technology is always evolving and, and becoming better, whether through, you know, some sort of software or actual mechanical increase in, in production by designing something different. And it's just trying to get that guy in the right spot at the right time. Um, you know, we love using that new 12 row head out here for corn. Um, you know, our haylage is kind of, you know, we don't do a lot of haylage and in, in stuff like that. We do a, a decent amount, I guess you could say. And guys are starting to come out and say, yeah, this is what I want and, and go for it. Right. Um, I think we might see a little bit more with Halo just because we're not seeing very much corn being 
being uh, planted right now this right. season. Yeah. Right. Um, but, you know, going back to it, you know, we are seeing demand. We're seeing some things come out. We're seeing some guys start talking to us. Um, you know, we've got some of those guys coming with those 86, and those 8,800 size John Deere choppers saying, Hey, I want to jump up that 98 or 99 for us. It's probably, they're all coming out saying, I want that 9,900 chopper. I want the right. biggest head. I want the new, the new 659 pickup header. Right. Uh, and it's trying to figure out how to, how to make those things work and open that. I have machines here in time for mm-hmm. what they want for the new owners. You know, uh, luckily we, we you know we did really well in EOP last year getting guys in then to order stuff and, and get it so they could get here in a timely manner. Just had a couple hit the ground just in the past two weeks, which seems kind of like, holy crap, you know, manufacturer did something great for us, got it on time <laughs> instead of keep pushing it back. But, you know, they're, they're still going out there and they're still hitting it hard. There's still yeah. a lot of guys out there yeah. taking care of their own stuff. You know, so the market in, in general is, is it seems kind of average for what we're seeing. I haven't seen anything come to really say, oh, we're seeing an uptick. Haven't seen anything really come in yet to say we're going to see a downtick. It seems pretty average and flat for us. But I kind of want to see how guys really start reacting. Like you were talking about, you know, 23, 25 pounds or dollars, you know, for milk right now. What's that going to do? How, is the guys really going to think that maybe it's time to come in and upgrade my old chopper to get something new right now with those, with those prices? Party thinks that you know they might wait till after the season, yeah. see how things really go, and see what milk does to say, "Hey, I've got this kind of money now. Let's move forward and chopper." But then, part of me is thinking, "Hey, they might be thinking, I got money now. Let's let's hurry and upgrade while times are good, and we know we've got the money in hand." Yeah, no, I think, and I think you're right, man. I think that's a, across the entire spectrum, whether we're talking choppers or combines or tractors or whatever it is. I think we've hit that time in the year where a lot of guys are going to be like, you know what? I hear you. It's great. You don't have one now. You're going to have one later. And I'm just going to wait and see what happens with my crop this year because there's a lot of unknowns out there right now. Prices might be high. I got to believe a lot of guys have Ford contracted some stuff so that they've got some profitability into 23 and what that looks like. But I got to believe that uh, there's a lot of guys that are going to sit back and kind of wait and see what happens. Aaron, yeah. when, when you're out there right now you and you're seeing stuff going on, talking to guys around the country, have you had a lot of chopper talk with the folks that you're working with? Not, not a lot. I spent a fair amount of time in the last month, month and a half, working on trying to pre-sell some non-deer future trades type right. of deals. Yeah. I was going to say green and white. Well, they're both green and white. One's green and tan. The other one's green and white. But get to talking with guys kind of all over the country, and they're – it's kind of a big giant wait and see kind of thing in the chopper world as you know, I'm sure you're seeing out there because we don't know yet it's early enough in the year, you know, granted nothing is for sure. We don't know where anything is for sure. What's the drought going to do out here? Is the drought going to go? Is it going to continue in Eastern Nebraska, Western Iowa and keep going East is it's already affected supposedly the prospective acre planning. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you're going to have less acres with that. Is there going to be what's out there in the Western third of the corn belt burn up and become silage right. every bit of it? Because yeah. that's where all the feedlots are at too. So <laughs> it's a natural hand in hand. There's, there's just a lot of factors involved, but 
right now, everything is really up in the air. Yeah. I, I expected maybe to get in on some of the, the high plains pivots of feed, what I call it, you know, guys have pivot after pivot of rye and they go out there and chop it and all that. A lot of feedlots do that. I thought maybe we'd get in on some of that. And that business has been non-existent to less than non-existent. It's just quiet, quiet, quiet. Other than packing tractors, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. Guys want four-wheel drives. Can't believe it. It's weird. It's <laughs> weird. Right now, it's just kind of quiet. Yeah. You know. But I... It is it is percolating. It's just ever so slightly starting to bubble. It's like a Folgers commercial. Yeah. All right, there you go. We'll get back to Casey and Aaron in a minute, but I wanted to take a quick moment to invite you to this year's National Strip Tillage Conference, July 28th and 29th in Iowa City. Come learn about the growing strip tillage market and how to serve your customers who are actively investing in the practice or considering it. To learn more and to register, visit www.strip-tillconference.com. Now back to Casey, Aaron, and Kyle as they continue their conversation talking about the dairy market and the used chopper market. The dairy belt, you know, Wisconsin, Minnesota, all the way up, you know, towards Vermont and that area. If milk prices stayed really good and if they can see a huge demand in those areas, guys are getting out there and they can blow through their choppers. We might have yeah. a chance to move some of those old units that might be sticking around here up in those areas which in my opinion you know dairy belt takes off it'd be phenomenal to see just the dairy market take off and, and do good for once you know we've right. had some crappy years in the yeah. past we've had some which i yeah. hope in turn just leads to everybody else you know having mm-hmm. a decent year on, on the choppers you know the one thing that comes to my mind too is i heard today we you know we've had some guys turn down i, I kind of worry and I, I could be wrong at this you know those guys that are shopping for haylage in mm-hmm. terms of what hay prices are doing and it might negatively transition because hay prices you know i've, I've heard of guys already turning down 370 a ton right now for for good hay even 360 for medium grade hay if if guys are thinking hey if i bell my hay rather than just chop it you know what am i going to get there from it and we're going to make some more money you're still going to have those guys that are going to do that haylage no matter what they've got to have that that's right yeah yep. and so hopefully Hopefully one doesn't negatively impact, affect the other one so much, but it just kind of works kind of as a whole and just benefits us and, and helps grow that market. I mean, the chopper market is already a tough market just in general. We don't have that many people that can afford nor sit someone's butt down in that seat to actually go chop and make it worthwhile yeah, for right. You're exactly right. Track. And so anything any increase we see is going to be beneficial across the board yeah for us because i'm hoping for that trickle down effect and if if one area is taken off it's going to help everybody else because let's let's get it to i mean a chopper as much as i love those machines i think they're phenomenal they're awesome to be around they can be a freaking money pit and they're just hard to deal with oh yeah it's just hard to move in general and mm-hmm. so I, you know, I'm kind of looking at it in terms of watching some other markets to see what happens to really see if we can't see a turnaround. Um, I'm actually even seeing some, you know, market changes when it comes to exporting those things as well. I've seen some guys down, for instance, in Mexico wanting some of the newer models. Yeah. They used to be, they used to love those old 6,000 series, you know, moved to the sevens. Now I'm getting calls for 8,000 and even some 9,000. I'm like, 
the crap is going on. I wasn't expecting this for, you know, at least five more years. Right. Yeah. It's there. So it's like, Hey, you know, I got to maximize this as much as possible. Cause at this point, I don't care what color it is. If I can move it somewhere, I'm going to move it. Now there's some colors I won't even touch just flat out. I've been burned too many times and I'm sorry, Mr. Farmer, you bought the wrong machine. Right. Trade you in just yeah. so you can get the, you know, king of choppers right now so yep that's that's a and when it comes to choppers my personal opinion is there's only <laughs> there's only two colors so pretty much yeah, per, pretty right. much pretty much makes it a lot easier like right everybody there. let's kind of let that lay there no one no one's gonna, no one's gonna <laughs> jump on that grenade i'm just gonna throw this out there and walk away no one's jumping on that grenade here okay so yeah nobody move <laughs> right Oh, Nobody move. It's still ticking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, I think the chopper market is still, there's still good money to be made out there. There's still some availability. You know, I'm seeing custom guys still buying some stuff. They're staying busy, which is a good sign because if, if they can keep those machines moving. Yeah. The market really hasn't died 100% on us. Right. Yeah. Well, that kind of goes back to that custom, like what we just talked about, you just talked about, you know, I mean, if you really take a look at what's going on with, with the dairy market, with the feedlot market, those and how those things all play into that silage and that and that feed side of everything, more and more custom makers are going to start popping up because guys are going to start stepping back and saying, like, is it really worth my operating capital to go out and buy one of these machines when I can have, you know, XYZ come in here and, and custom cut it for me. Now, now I'm not going to get rid of my machine. I still might have an older machine that just in case they can't come, I can go knock out my 500 acres or a thousand acres or whatever right. it is of, of silos that I'm going to do. But that being said, the majority of that stuff is starting to go more and more to the custom side. Oh yeah. And, and it's been that way there of anything on the farm. Mm-hmm. that's probably the number one thing that's gone more and more custom all the time. Yeah. Everybody used to have a two row, three row pole type, you know, mm-hmm. three row was a big hammer of the pole type. And if you were super big hammer, you also had a dump wagon, right. you know, dump wagon, and yeah. all, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And now it's, if you don't have at least an eight, why have a chopper? You know, there, there's people that think that way, mm-hmm. but in our part of the world, you know, where we don't have, I would say most of our owner operator choppers are more of a base spec unit, you know, two wheel drive, probably no KP, simple thing, 6950. Yeah. They'll keep that thing forever, just like you said, yeah. park it over there and they'll open up the ends or something with it yeah. a week before the chopper gets there and yeah. go that route. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. The, the biggest problem in the chopper market that I always see, and I'd be interested to know if it's the same out there, you can sell new, you can sell that one or two-year-old, and you can sell 10-year-old and older. That three-year-old to 10-year-old in, in the chopper world is really, really tough because yeah. it's way too damn much for the 10-year-old guy, yeah. and it's too many hours for the one to two-year-old guy. Well, that's what's getting traded yeah. in. Yeah. The guy, the guy right. that's buying the one or two-year-old machine right. is buying that one. The guy that's buying the 10-year-old machine, he's got 200 acres of chops. It's a big gap, just yeah. like what happened in combines. It yeah. used to be there in combines, but yeah. what happened in combines in 12. Yeah. What do you see in there, Kyle? Oh, yeah. 
I, I'd say you're spot on with what we're seeing too, Aaron. Oh, it's you've got that gap, that three to five year gap or three to take the gap. I mean, that is just a hard hit across yep. the board to move. I mean, it could be a 79, 80, really good machine is taken care of. It might've gone through two previous owners that were on top of their maintenance and their reconditioning of it on a yearly basis. But yet, you know, to get rid of that thing, you're going to have to drop your shorts and just let it go for dirt cheap. Cause right. That's no one really want to take that yeah. chance on it. The market's just not there, but yep. and it seems like the guys that finally do take those ones end up keeping those machines for ten oh, years. Yeah. Years. Yeah. But, which which yeah, kind of makes me wonder if that's the the ten year old buyer when when we do sell one of those and it's an owner operator deal, if it's maybe the ten year old buyer's like, eh, I'll stretch a little bit or keep it forever anyway and make it work kind of deal, you know, typically. Yep. Yeah. And that, that's one of my big fears too, is if you think about the size of these machines that we're getting into, what is being requested and demanded, those, those owner operators that just need it for that, open up the end rows or open a field or whatever they're doing, you know, that's a big machine to have just for when, if, right. Or when, you know, um, and that, that becomes a headache trying to talk through is figuring out how, how you're going to find those buyers that can handle that bigger machine to go. It's not like you can have an old 6950 or a 7000 series or whatnot, or, or an old three row pull type, you know, just do a little bit here and there. Uh, it's going to get harder to move those. Oh, yeah. Going back to what you guys were saying earlier, we're seeing it too. I saw my first pull type here just the other day. And it was like seeing an old rusted relic that you've seen. Like, yeah, for like, right. Yeah. Holy crap, that still exists. You know, I didn't yeah. know those were. Right. And a lot of guys are, are saying, you know what? There's no sense in pulling that stupid three row when I can have Jim Bob down the street come down and custom cut for me and be done. Right. And off I go. Yeah. You know, unless it's a guy who's only cutting three rows at a time and he's only cutting for his feeding needs at that time, he's going to maintain that three row. But other than that, it's just you might as well go, you know, relandscape your yard and put that on a mound out front and call it a you yeah. know, antique. Put it next just to your pull type comma, dude. Yeah, there you, there you go. That'd work. There you go. Yeah, <clears throat> that'd work. Okay. All right, Kyle. Man, it's good conversation. Man, we go on for days about this. But final thoughts as you look across here, going in through the rest of twenty two. What are some of the things you're paying attention to, and and what are some of the stuff that's uh, on your radar as Good or bad, either way. What are you seeing out there right now? Demand is is still good across the board. Doesn't matter what it is. Demand's good. And that's yeah. that's a good sign for us. You know, there's bun- there's money to be spent, which is a phenomenal thing for a dealer. Uh, you know, it's just trying to work through those inventory issues, just like any dealer is happening. Right. Um, you know, I think just just trying to be inventive in how you work with your customers to get them inventory and make deals happen at this point. I mean, be, we're trying to become and figure out how to ways to pull rabbit out of a hat and, and get guys taken care of. Um, you know, I heard a comment today that, you know, ag dealers are really great at making sure the customers are taken care of. You know, we know that when, when that corn needs to be harvested, you got to go out and harvest it, you know? And the comparison was against like construction dealers, for instance. Oh, There's right. dirt. Well, that dirt will be there tomorrow to go dig. You know, right. take your sweet time. Yep. You know, being on that on-demand dealer to get out there and take care of your customers right then and there. As long as we can continue doing that for our customer base in this market with 
you know, low inventory, we'll grow, we'll still do good, you know? And I think that's, that's the benefit of the ag industry as a whole is we understand what these guys are going through and we know that time is money more so than anything else. And we just got to do what we can to help these guys be productive and, and uh, produce what it needs to be. Cause if we can't keep them up and running, the, the whole economy is screwed. You know, we might as well just kiss it goodbye right. at this point. Yep, and, yep. I'm not yep. saying we're the ones that are running everything, but we're, we're one, uh, you know, peg in the, in the wheel that makes it run and keep it running smoothly. So as long as we can be inventive, we can work with our customers and, and their understanding of the constraints that we're through, we're going to have a great year. You know, we're going to keep working, just trying to find that, that crystal ball that says, this is what's going to happen. Now I'm going to keep an eye on the markets, what they're doing and continually watch those. Cause I, you know, that's an indicator of what's going to happen. I think. Right. And just trying to do as much, you know, ear to the ground and listening to the customers, seeing what they want, what they're hearing as well. Cause there's times where I learn information more from the farmer down the road rather than my salesman, your salesman out on the, on the beat talking to guys. So I, I think just being positive, just trying to work through it and make the best of what we have and, Things will go good for us. Yep. Control what you can control, right? <clears throat> exactly. Right on. All right, man. Aaron, folks want to reach out to you and get more information about what it is that you're doing. What it, what's the best way to do that? Uh, pretty active on Twitter, at Aaron Fintel, or uh, call me, text me, 308-760-1193, or you can email me at Aaron.Fintel at movingironllc.com. Right on. And uh, – Kyle, what's the best way to get a hold of you, man? Give me a call on my cell phone, 801-573-2850. Or you can shoot me an email at kschneider at stoteseq.com. Right on. And I'm Casey Seymour. Find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Moving Iron LLC. Go to move, go to uh, LinkedIn, and that is uh, Moving Iron Podcast. Go to uh, Moving Iron Podcast YouTube channel. Check that out. And uh, you can check me out on uh, the Moving Iron LLC uh, website at movingironllc.com, where you can find all the information about the Moving Iron Summit coming up in Nashville, Tennessee, September 6th, 7th, and 8th. Um, Kyle, I think you've been to the very first one, and you've been to all of them, I think, haven't you? I have, yes. I've been to every single one. He's got so a T-shirt for all of them, man. Look at that. Guy. <laughs> yeah. he's, a, he's almost like a groupie yeah. of sorts. That's nice. <laughs> I'm right there with Aaron, you know. There you go. That's right. <laughs> following Casey everywhere I go. <laughs> what's, what's, what's the one big takeaway you, you come back away with when you go to that Moving Iron Summit, man? The big takeaway, I think, is just what I can kind of expect for the next season. Yeah. You know, the economists that you have come in, the speakers, you know, we're talking at the market as a whole. And it kind of helps me figure out how I need to kind of judge, you know, and watch the market. Because, I mean, when it comes down to it, that's what each one of us is doing. We're watching the market. We're trying to dictate determine what's going to happen and how to, to handle those ups and down swings. So, you know, just kind of get a mood for what everybody else in the country is seeing as well. And not only that, but, you know, seeing people from across the country and networking and getting to expand my, uh, my network of those that I know that are top of the field that I can call out and help for answers and questions. Right on. Is it worth your while to come to that? It is. Yep. I plan on being there in Nashville again this year. Right on, man. There you right go. On. It's a new T-shirt. Look at that guy. There you, there you go. go. There you go. <laughs> right on. Goofy number six. So. <laughs> right on. Well, Kyle, man, it's great having you on the podcast, man. I love, I love talking with you every chance I get to. So, man, take care of yourself, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you down the road, man. 
Not a problem. Thanks, Casey. Thanks, Aaron. You bet. Thanks, y'all. So with that, I'm Casey Seymour, Aaron Fennell, and Kyle Schneider. Let's go inspire, folks. Thanks, Casey and Aaron and Kyle from Stokes Equipment for sharing their conversation with us. You can keep up on the latest industry news by registering online to receive our free newsletters. Visit www.farm-equipment.com. For Casey, Aaron, and Kyle, as well as our entire staff here at Farm Equipment, I'm Kim Schmidt. Thanks for listening.